Welcome to the Paid Search Podcast. My name is Chris Schaefer, and today I'm answering questions about Google Ads. This is going to be an interactive show where you listeners out there have sent me a question about Google Ads, and I am going to answer them. If you would like to participate in the next interactive paid podcast show, you can do so by emailing me using the email paidsearchpodcast at gmail.com. You can reach me there, or you can also go to paidsearchpodcast.com and find the email that way also uh, is linked. So paidsearchpodcast at gmail.com. Send me a question. I usually reply and let people know that I'm answering the question so you'll know when it's popping up on the show and you'll get an alert. I'm ready to jump in. This is the number one show to learn more about Google Ads. As any listener, subscriber of the show knows, I share as much as I can about Google Ads in this format. I am a 20-year Google Ads uh, experienced manager. I work as a premier partner with, with Google Ads. I've been doing that for a long time, and I work out of my home in Texas and... I share as much as I can to try and bring up the community to share my knowledge and my experience in Google Ads so that I can help you do better. I appreciate anyone who wants to rate the show, give it a positive rating, share it with your fellow agency, coworkers, or anyone that you think could benefit from it, and uh, maybe even your enemies, maybe even your competitors though I doubt many of you will actually do that. That's eh, right. That's probably a stretch. You're probably not going to do that, which is, it's understandable. It's understandable. So before we jump in, I want to remind you, this show is sponsored by Optio. Optio.com slash PSP is a way to jump the line and get ahead of everyone else and get a eight week, a two month free trial of the greatest Google Ads management software there is. I've been talking about all the amazing stuff they do. They have an AI system to help you write ad copy. Holy cow, that's amazing. They have stuff like Slack where you can actually get alerts in Slack, assign specific notifications and alerts directly in certain Slack channels so that you can see what's happening. You don't have to get cluttered up email. We're talking about a clean focus system. It's a company that's focused on providing a better way to manage Google ads. You can get more done with Optio than you will without Optio. Let's say you've got all the time in the world and you're like, well, Chris, I don't want to save time. I just want to do better in Google ads. Well, that's where the tool really shines. There are a ton of options. It analyzes your account from the keywords to the bids to the negative keywords, to your returns, your conversions, your cost per conversion, your return on ad spend. Every critical aspect of your Google Ads, it will check and run through its system. And if there's something that is, hey, did you notice this? Or if there's, wow, this is really bad, or wow, this is really good, you should take advantage of this. It will alert you about those things, bring it to your attention, and you'll get more out of Google Ads simply simply by being a part of the Optio program. It's really what the name implies. It optimizes your Google ads. Wonderful system. Highly recommend it. That's opteo.com slash PSP. Tell them Chris Schaefer sent you. 
All right, so let's jump into the show. I have a lot to talk about. Again, you can send in your questions if you like. I'm also on YouTube. You can leave a comment there. I do read those comments and reply whenever whenever it's warranted. And uh, paid search pod on Twitter. You can find me there. I don't post very often, but sometimes I have a little treat now and then there. You can find me. That's really probably the probably the best way to contact me immediately on is on Twitter. I do kind of stalk a little bit on there. All right, let's get into it. And we're going to start the show with Marcus, who has asked questions in the past. He is from Denmark. Marcus, here we go. He says, hey, Chris, new campaigns tend to become more profitable as they mature. As Google gathers more data for optimizing conversions, that's what tends to happen. Yes, you're right. I agree. But what does this look like in real life? From your experience, what's the typical trend you've noticed? I'd love to hear any stories you have about campaigns flipping from a negative ROI to a positive one based on Google having more data to work with. Again, thanks for the insightful insightful podcast. Marcus from Denmark. Okay, Marcus. Good question. And I do try and share as many practical examples of what I see in Google ads with the accounts that I work in, just for some context, I've, I've probably worked with thousands and thousands of accounts at this time. So I, I, I often find it uncommon for me to work in an account that I've never touched that industry before. I, I, I hesitate to say that I've worked in every industry possible because every now and then I'll come across one where I'm like, oh, wow, this is new. But I feel like I've touched it all. I certainly have touched everything from B2B, B2C, e-commerce, shopping, and impression-focused and awareness and things like that. So I've seen it all, and you're absolutely right. Campaigns that are focused on conversions do become more profitable as they mature. And I'm going to assume, Marcus, that what you're referring to is automated bidding because there is really no learning if you're not using automated bidding and you're not leaning into that algorithm aspect. So I'm going to assume you're talking about that, and I do agree. In the right conditions, Google absolutely can, quote-unquote, mature and provide better and better results over time. So here's what I usually see that. It is, number one, a six-month to a year kind of change. You're not going to see this month to month. You're certainly not going to see it week to week because there will be a lot of fluctuation. You will not be able to say, ah, things are better. We're talking like this year compared to last year. You know, the past two years compared to the previous two years. That's the kind of difference that you usually see. It's a trending over many, many months. Now, there will be times when you'll experience sharp inclines whenever you make a certain change and it works for the algorithm. You lean into the algorithm in some way, make some kind of change, and it can spike. But usually those spikes are called spikes because eventually they do come down a bit. So overall, there is a trending up. I definitely agree with that. It looks like a slow... Typically, it is a slow increase in conversion rate. And I say conversion rate because 
I can't say it's necessarily cost per click that's decreasing. That is not a given. That can go either way. Sometimes the cost per click can stay the same. It can go up. It can go down. I wouldn't say that that's necessarily consistent. But what I do say tends to happen is conversion rate will increase. Now, if conversion rate doesn't increase, then perhaps cost per click will start to tick down a cent at a time very slowly. And a 3% conversion rate suddenly becomes very profitable because you're now spending 50 cents less per click. And so therefore the cost per lead in the ROAS are all better. So that's usually what it looks like. It usually has to do with the cost per click and the conversion rate. Now digging deeper into Google ads, it can also come in the form of traffic, meaning the actual search terms that are coming from your keywords. So for example, you might be targeting people who are wanting to buy a vehicle. Okay, they're wanting to buy a vehicle and you've been targeting people who wanna buy a used sedan of some kind or a used branded type of vehicle. And what Google might do when you lean into the algorithm, meaning, you know, you might use some very strategic broad match keywords, which Google usually tries to encourage, which can be very dangerous, but you know, we're talking about a mature campaign here. So there's less risk involved. You're leaning into the algorithm and it might find that you might convert really well for searches that are, what is the best fuel efficient sedan? You might have some longer tail research kind of you know, how to, what is types of searches that you would never think would convert, but Google finds that these people, we found your potential low funnel audience when they were just starting their journey. They'll actually find those searches before they make their way down to the bottom of the search funnel. This is what a mature campaign looks like. It gathers traffic and plucks it out of the search funnel before it makes it to your final form of an optimized search campaign. It's beautiful when it happens. I've seen it many times where you start to see kind of a shifting and a changing. Suddenly you have these new search terms, these new trends, these new types of searches that start to come in that you never had before. You never had these kind of searches and suddenly they represent 20% of your conversions. This is what a mature campaign starts to look like. It, It's awesome and I want to caveat all of this with Marcus is talking about a mature campaign. Do not expect this kind of movement day one straight out of the gate. And we're actually, we actually have a question from someone else who talks about this, who is doubting some of this in a different kind of spin. So I just want to be clear. I am not saying that day one, you turn on broad match automated bids and this happens but I'm gonna, I'm gonna save that conversation for later because we have other questions coming in. Here's another one we have, and I have deleted the name. I'm sorry, this person, I've deleted your name. I'm sorry, I don't have your name. So it says, hi Chris, love your show. I have a client who has a business that is open on Saturdays, whereas his competitors are not. We would like to try running specific ads just on Saturdays, 
but not the rest of the week. For example, same-day delivery on Saturday as a headline. First of all, that's too many characters. You can't run that as a headline. He, he continues. Then have the regular ads run on the rest of the week. Okay, so you want to do this. And also, I, I deleted part of your email where you talked about your the way that you think you might do it. I didn't like any of those ideas. Let me tell you what I would do. Here's what I do. If you want to do that, you need to avoid adding more complexity to your account. I am anti-complexity when it comes to Google Ads. Do not make things more complicated for yourself. Do not add more potential for human error and make the algorithm, you know, kind of screw up because you're splitting your traffic in different ways and don't don't do it. So I'm completely against a separate campaign in this instance. I don't think that's a good idea. What I would suggest doing is using a rule, R-U-L-E, a rule, a Google Ads rule system where you can write an ad for Saturday and say same day delivery today only or same day Saturday delivery, you know, whatever fits in that that 30 character headline. Really lean on that Saturday kind of messaging and set your ads to run on Saturday and then you set up a rule which will pause all of the normal weekday ads right at midnight or you know 11:50 p.m. on Friday night and then 1 minute later it turns on just the Saturday ads then on Saturday at 11:50 p.m. It pauses all the Saturday ads and swaps out to the normal ads again. It does that once a week, right on. It, it, it's a 24-hour cycle right there. It cycles and then swaps back to what it had before. This is the best way to do it. As always, I if, if you have feedback and somebody has a better idea, tell me. I think I issued a challenge last week asking if anybody out there listening in podcast land is running a... Google Ads Premier Partner Agency by themselves. One man show, no outsourcing, nothing. And I didn't get any replies. So I'm going to try and get you guys to respond a bit more, get more back and forth. I'd, I'd love to hear. But anyway, back to what the question was. The I, I think the rule system is going to be the best for you. All right, so now we're going to a question from Christian. And... Christian says, Hey Chris, huge fan and weekly listener. Would you mind explaining your process for analyzing campaign data in Google ads to derive actionable insights that influence your next changes that you should make? Holy cow, Christian. What a question. That's a great question. I mean, I accepted it. I had a, had a bunch and I, I picked it out of the lot and I'll tell you, I had to think about this. How, you know, how do I sum up something like this? Because this is a huge question. I mean, there's just so much that I could talk about because I, I do this kind of discussion and train in, in my consulting sessions where I teach people kind of how I do Google Ads. And you can learn more about that on my website. But basically, I think it is all summed up with what I use as a kind of a tagline. I look for red flags. I am a red flag hunter. 
I try and find things that stand out to me. So to best describe this, I think one way that I like to do this is present numbers to you that help that might help help enlighten your understanding of what's weird about your account. Because what I find is a lot of people that are running their own accounts or maybe smaller agencies that only run one or two accounts and they don't really know what other accounts look like beyond just their couple. I want to talk about, you know, what is a red flag? What does a red flag look like so that I can explain what that looks like on your side? So, for example, a red flag is usually something that is indicated by two metric points. So, a red flag example might be a very low click-through, a very low cost per click, and a very high click-through rate. That's a very simple, very common red flag. If you are running a campaign where you're trying to generate non-brand traffic, right, non-returning traffic, traffic that is not your company name, your product name, it's actually trying to get new sales, new leads, all of that, what you would not expect to see is a very low cost per click uh, you know less this is very relative so it depends on your industry but dollar cost per click 50 cents 25 cents something that's very low and the click through rate is very high 15% 20% 30% certainly anything above that is definitely red flag this is a red flag because there's a conflict here. Why in the heck? Why is this campaign getting so many click-throughs at such a low cost per click? If you see that, you could be, that the red flag that it's raising could be a warning about traffic quality. That's an example of a red flag. You're getting traffic for people that think they're finding the phone number for the, the IRS. You're trying to sell tax services, but people are searching IRS phone number, and that is a complete waste. For those that are my international listeners, I'm talking about the Internal Revenue Service. It's a government tax service where you don't want to advertise for something like that. I mean, that's a big waste. That's not going to be valuable for you. And you're trying to advertise some kind of tax provider, professional CPA kind of thing. That's an example. It's super low cost per click because no one else is advertising on that. And everyone's clicking on it because they think, ah, this is the IRS website because your ad, your, your ad copy looks like it or something like that. Another example of, this one's a little more complicated, but another example might be a very good cost per conversion or your return on ad spend, either one, your cost per conversion might be very, very good. Perhaps your cost per click is $10 and your cost per conversion is $2. I mean, that's what in the heck is happening there. Why is there a conflict? Why is there such a massive conflict between these two? I mean, that, that looks great. Again, you notice a lot of these red flags are things that look good. I'll give an example of, you know, something bad in a moment. But why is that? So why, how could that be? Why is that conversion rate something that is so high? Super high conversion rates, super high successes like that are a red flag because you might think that you're doing one thing and actually the traffic 
the results of it are very different. So that's another example of a red flag. Another red flag might be seeing a massive amount of clicks and impressions spike up all of a sudden. Why? Why did that happen? Did you suddenly start getting search partners traffic? Did your campaign automatically have the automated auto-recommended suggestions pop on and start to change your account without you realizing it. Maybe in a, a co-worker changed something, and changed something in your account and you're now getting tons and tons more traffic. This may not be good. So a spike in clicks and impressions, a spike in anything should be a red flag, at least a yellow flag. So that's what you do. You look for changes. Look for things that conflict with each other. Try and find those and then... The final step is once you find that red flag, something that's weird, something that conflicts, you investigate. Take it step by step. Find out. It change, you know, flip between time the month before and the month now. What about the past seven days versus the last 14 days? What about the past year versus the previous year? You know, flip back and forth. Figure out what changed. What happened? Investigate that. Put your detective cap on and get to work. That's the fun part. And then make a theory, make a hypothesis and test something. What happens if I do this? What happens if I do that? Will it change it? Where is that coming from? So there we go. All right, so let's jump in to another question. This one is actually... Uh, the one that I was talking about earlier that gets into a question about broad match, leaning into algorithms and things like that. So let's read the question here. This one is from Shaylin. Hey, Chris, I'd like to get your gauge on using broad match with maximized conversions when setting up a campaign. I do not like this strategy or setup as I think, I do not like this strategy or setup as I think is a waste of a lot of money, especially if the budget is very small. I want to gauge your opinion on this and if you use it personally. The staff, so obviously has an agency here, all right? So the staff mentioned that they had to do this initially to get more impressions, but more closely watch over the search terms and exclude words that are not related. That's what the staff believes, except, except for me. I really think that it is a bad strategy and wasting the clicks that are irrelevant right away. So here we go. You're absolutely right. I agree with you. I do not personally use broad match keywords and automated bidding out of the gate. There are very rare instances when I do. I am not going to talk about those because the exceptions are not going to be mentioned on this podcast because everyone thinks they're the exception. So I'm not going to mention them. Can't tell you how many times I hear people say, yeah, but I'm different. I'm special. You're not special. You're not different. You will have the same problems. A very small minority will not have these problems. So we're not going to talk about them. You're probably in the majority. So let's talk about the theory about using broad match keywords to out negative the are using broad match keywords and then out negativing them with negative keywords. You cannot 
out negative a broad match keyword. I'm going to put that idea to rest right away, and I will explain why. Multiple reasons. The first reason is, depending on the industry you're in, Google might be hiding as many as 90% of your search terms, but most people lose about 40 to 60% of their search terms. So that means, how do you negative out 50% of your search terms or more that you can't see? How do you know that you are controlling the traffic when you can't even see it? The answer, it's a trick question. You can't. You can't do it. It's impossible. So that's already working against you. Number two, how do you negative out a high funnel search? You can't negative out all the high funnel searches out there, at least in a short period of time, because that's what we're talking about. We're talking about doing this at the beginning so you can get lots of impressions and lots of data. You can't negative out a genre of traffic. You can't tell Google, I want this and not this with broad match keywords and automated bids. You have no controls. You have no steering wheel. You have no gas pedal. You can't slow down or swerve your campaign in any specific direction. You don't have control. So it's again, it's a trick question. You can't. There is no way to do it. Additionally, there is a massive amount of risk because... You cannot force the campaign to spend a certain amount per click, especially if you don't give it, if you use a max clicks, because you specifically said in this question, maximize conversions. So maximize conversions does not have a target CPA. It definition of a maximize conversions is target CPA without a target. So maximize conversions bid strategy has no limit has no ceiling on the bidding strategy. So because of that, the CPCs, and I, I see this a lot where people are doing this and they're confused about why they're getting nothing out of Google ads. The first thing I do is I pull up their search terms, sort by highest CPC and show them, you paid $70 for this click. You paid $200 for this, this click. I've seen clicks that are $400 and up. It's it, it enrages people and they realize, you're right, I have no control over this. I cannot allow for this. This is insane. This is too risky. There's too much risk. You have no ability to limit risk. So instead of just giving you all the problems, let me tell you the solution. The solution, I think, is just like in life. If you want to lose weight, you don't just stop eating. You start with the ground up. You start with the basics. And that's the same way it works in Google ads. You start with, okay, this is the traffic I want. I'm going to start with that. And that might mean that you don't spend your full budget. You're learning as you go. You start with the kind of keywords that seem like a good investment at the beginning. And you learn week over week. Nothing is immediate. There's no immediate success. Most of the time, there's sometimes there is, but again, I'm not going to talk about those people because you're not special. So the, the idea that you can just throw broad keywords in a max conversions, I feel is too risky, especially if you are 
an agency responsible for somebody else's money. If it's your money and you're, you're footing the bill and it's your company and you want to do it, great. But personally, as a freelancer, agencies out there, let me talk to you for a second. This is someone else's business, livelihood, money. This is, this is someone else's responsibility that you're playing with here. And if you screw things up and spend 10 grand to get nothing for them, I mean, they, they may go away very angry and say a few things to you, but it only hurts them. You're hurting this business. And I feel that it's too risky. I feel that it's too risky for most people. Okay, great question. Thank you. And next we're going to move to Alex. Alex says, hi, Chris, enjoying your show so much. Thanks for your efforts. My question is, how efficient is a bidding strategy with manual cost per click combined with rules that adjust CPC daily to correspond with top of page bid? So then Alex goes on to name the rule. So he's talking about a rule. And I, I referenced rules earlier in the podcast. What he's talking about is a system where you, you tell Google, if this then change this. And this is talking about bids. So the rules that he's describing is he's telling Google decrease the cost for those keywords that are higher than top of page CPC. So this is a really complicated thing, but basically what he's trying to do is he's looking at the expected top of page CPC that's happening or possibly the actual yesterday's top of page CPC and then lowering it if they're higher than that and then increase them to correspond to top of page bid. So top of page bid, I assume is what he's referencing, which is the estimated top of page bid. Okay. I regret even saying all of, all of that because you'll find out pretty quick. I think this is silly. You asked how efficient, I mean, I'm a very literal guy. You asked how efficient is a bidding strategy with manual cost per click? efficient. This is the opposite of efficient. This is a waste of time. A waste of time. Let me explain why it's a waste of time. What are you accomplishing here by having tons and tons of bids that are adjusted every single day? It's a roller coaster. Things go up and down and up and down and everything's being adjusted. It is a, it's a room full of toddlers. Nothing's being done, but, but, everything's being done. It's, it's a whole lot of nothing, but it feels like everything. It feels like absolute chaos. And it's something, you know, something's happening and it's giving me a headache even being in here with all these bid adjustments and it's crazy. So Alex, let me ask you a question. What is it that, and you can't answer. So this is, you know, you'll have to just yell really loud. Maybe I'll be able to hear you through your headphones. What are you hoping to accomplish here? Okay, so I'm imagining that Alex is saying, well, I want to maintain top of page bid. Okay, he's saying instead of absolute top of page, he's talking about top of page. Okay, so why, why does this need to be done on a daily basis? What, what are you accomplishing by literally readjusting on a daily, daily basis to accomplish this. Let's say that you have a goal of showing 80% top of page. 
does it really make a difference if it's 85% that you get or 75% or 60%? Does it really make that much difference? I don't know. Maybe it does. Maybe there's something magical about that that Alex has figured out. But I have to go back to the question. Is this efficient? It's not efficient. It's not a good use of time. There's nothing that you're accomplishing here other than just using a fancy system that... A rules-based system that changes bids up and down constantly. If you really want to do something efficient, let me explain. Let me explain why you would want to adjust bids. And we're talking about manual, by the way. Just to restate, we're talking about manual cost per click. So anybody who's listening, we're not talking about automated. We're talking about manual CPC bidding strategy. The reason you might want to adjust the CPC ideally would be because you're not hitting a goal. So the very first reason to make this efficient is first establish a goal. Your goal ideally should be a cost per conversion, target a certain ROAS that you're reaching for. There should be a reason. And if you notice that you tend to do much, much better if you are at a 50% top of page percentage and you want to maintain that, then you need to look at individual keywords to determine is that true for individual keywords. Maintain that goal. Whatever goal is there, there's no way that every single keyword has the same cost per conversion, the same results. Each keyword will be a separate auction, a separate result, a separate metric system associated with it. So you first have to determine is maybe it's more important that this keyword is at 80% absolute or 80% top of page. And this other one needs to be 50 because it's lower funnel. It has a lower conversion rate. So I need to bid less on this. You cannot group these together and just say all these keywords are of equal value because there's no way that they are. There's no way that they are. You could have a bunch of keywords and some of them are going to react differently. Some of them are going to convert differently on your website. So determine your goal. Then determine how does your bidding position affect your ability to hit that goal and then adjust. So if there's any if there's any rule that you would create, which I'm not really a fan of bidding rules, but something that would be a little more efficient might be to change the top of bid, change your bid based on your goal, which would be your ROAS or your cost per conversion. Now that might make sense. If your cost per conversion for the past week or the past month is above $100 or $50 or whatever, you might tell it to lower the bid 10%. This is very dangerous. I do not suggest this, but I'm trying to get in Alex's mind to make him understand what an efficient rule bidding system would look like. It would be based on a goal and not a random metric. I don't care what your top of page percentage is. I care what your ROAS is. I care what your uh, cost per conversion is. That's where I'm going to 
make a make a change and, and make a rule setup. All right, and last, I'm going to bring in one last question, and we're going to talk about a question from Joel about conversion tracking. Be sure and stick around. Really good question. Before I answer that, I want to remind you about Optio. Great Google Ads management software. I recently did a consulting session with a great company who is just really on top of their game, spends tons of time and thought in how to maximize their campaign. This is the kind of company that you would think, well, they don't need Optio, right? They, they have hundreds and hundreds of ad groups and campaigns, just super complex. And, you know, obviously they're, they have it all figured out. They tried Optio and have not stopped talking about how, how useful it is and just blown away at the effectiveness of, of this tool. And these are people who have been running Google ads for decades and have been successful at it. And if they can get something out of Optio, then I know you can. Optio.com slash PSP. That's O-P-T-E-O dot com slash PSP. The link is always in the description of wherever you're watching this show. All right, so Joel writes in and says, love your show, it's awesome, and really keeping me sharp at the paid ads job that I just started. Go, Joel. Awesome. Glad to hear it. Your employer should send me a check because I'm making you a better asset to their business. <laughs> that would be great. Uh, that's a great idea. I was working on running Google ads for an affiliate, but they do not want me to put the tracking code on their site to run the ads. So here's this question. Is it possible to run an efficient ads campaign without using the tracking code? If not, is there a way to track conversions without using the code or having access to the back end of the website. All right, Joel. So first, let me let me answer your first question. It is absolutely possible to run an efficient ads campaign without having tracking code. Now, you didn't ask if it's possible to run a profitable Google ads campaign without the tracking code, but it is possible to run an efficient campaign. I think many of you would be surprised at how many campaigns I manage that get zero conversions. I do it all the time. Some clients just can't track conversions. They won't. There's reasons. They don't care about it, whatever. And I run efficient campaigns that run for years and years and years, and they're thrilled, and it holds the business up. They love it. You say, well, how... How can you justify spending money on Google Ads if you don't know you have conversions? Well, there are second secondary metrics that you can look at to determine efficiency, success. It doesn't have to be conversions. You can look at, number one, search traffic. The search terms in Google Ads shows what you're spending money on. I mean, you may not understand how many, how many of those people are converting, but you can look and see, wow, I'm... I'm bringing people to the site that are looking for this, 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 this. And it's great. Th this is what I want to spend money on. You can also look at it and say, okay, I'm spending a lot on this thing. And I don't want to spend that much on it. So I'm actually going to pull back on this. I'm going to stop this or I'm going to spend less on this. That is, that is how an efficient campaign could be run without conversions. 
It's beautiful. I do it all the time. I can't tell you whether the campaign's profitable. I imagine it probably is just from ex just from success of many, many accounts looking much like this. I can tell you it's probably successful. I, I just don't know how much. And many business owners absolutely agree. I am not alone on that. I'm not lying to my clients. You're not lying to your clients. You you show what kind of traffic you get. It's great. Runs efficiently. does very well. So let's talk about other ways. Other ways you could look at bounce rate, time on site, things like that. How much are people interacting with the site? You know it is sticky traffic if they stay on the site for a minute and they navigate to multiple pages. This is Google Analytics stuff we're talking about. If you look at your Google Analytics, it could be very sticky traffic that interacts with the site. Now, we don't know how many there, how many are converting and how much they're converting for, but we know that they're engaging with the site. There's another great metric. Also, you could look at your organic traffic, your your traffic that is non-paid traffic. Engage. How, how what kind of traffic am I getting organically, and what kind of traffic am I getting paid from from Google? Is it worth the investment? Am I am I am I happy with what I'm getting? That's another way to 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 just gauge. You know, is it worth it? You know, and I, I'll tell you many times if you look at a website's organic traffic, most of the time the top searches are going to be brand keywords. They're just going to be the same brand keywords over and over again. That's you know that's going to make up maybe 70 percent of their traffic, and then thirty percent is going to be some obscure weird blog page people are going to or some other weird thing that that is not something to base your your business on what what you can base your business on is people coming that are not familiar with your business people are going to provide new business to you that's worth running a google ads campaign for if it's good traffic I, i'm at least happy to know that i'm getting those people to my site otherwise i would not be getting those people to my site all right so let's talk about, is there a way to track conversions without using the code? So there is at least some way to attribute conversions and things that could be happening on the website. And you're not able to actually see it in Google ads. What you can use is a UTM tag, a UTM code in the ads URL the final URL that you put in the ads, you could put a UTM and tag it a certain way, a custom UTM so that you know it is this specific campaign, this specific ad group. You know, you can make it very specific and tell analytics or whatever tracking you're using, whatever tracking tagging you want to use for either your CRM or whatever you're using and tell it where this traffic is coming from. Now, you wouldn't get the detailed ability to see that in Google ads, but you would be able to tell, oh, I can, I can see in my analytics that this is happening or on my back end, somehow it's, it's getting that UTM tagging information and showing me, ah, this is paid traffic. This is PPC traffic. This is from this campaign. This is from this ad group, possibly even down to the keyword. That's another option where you can actually track conversions, not in Google ads, but track it from another program there's other ways to do it i'm not going to get into it because 
I'm hitting my time limit and I don't, it, it gets way too complicated, but it has to do with uh, click ID and using offline conversion tracking and, and things like that. It gets hairy, but there is, and, and honestly, Alec, uh, Joel, Joel's the one who sent this in. Honestly, Joel, that's probably not something that is going to work at your agency. It's probably going to be overkill, but hopefully that first one's going to help. You can still show value without conversions. I do it all the time. It is not out of the question. Many businesses have to do it. They're forced to do it, or they decide to do it. Okay, you are now juiced up for another week in the PPC world. I hope this is useful, valuable. If you find it in any way valuable to you, I would appreciate you leaving a comment on YouTube, juicing the algorithm in some way for me, sharing it, leaving a positive review on your listening platform that you're, that you're on right now, rating it in some way. I don't ask anything else. If you would like to engage with me further, I am available for hire for Google Ads management or one-on-one -on -one consulting sessions. You can find more about that at chrisschafer.com. The link is in the description of wherever you are listening. Thank you so much. I will be back next week. Have a good one.